The Paul Kuharski Podcast is a production of Vocal and is brought to you by Pickers Vodka, Tennessee's first craft vodka. It's music to your mouth. Hey guys, we're back with a week until the NFL Scouting Combine and about three weeks until free agency. I'm Madison Blevins here with Paul Kuharski for another edition of the paulkuharski.com podcast. PK, have I torn you away long enough to stop watching curling on the Olympics right now? I, the thing about the curling is that I don't know who's winning or who's good. I mean, I presume Canada's good. I know Norway was looking pretty good. But I, it's a sport that doesn't even, like, stoke my nationalistic flames or anything like that. I just find it, it hypnotizingly uh, entertaining. And I... I I'm not even compelled to do it. I know they have it at the Ford Ice Center here for the remainder of the month, and I would go do it, but I'm not driven to do it. I think it's fantastic television, and Simon likes it, and uh, my wife likes it, and I could watch it for hours on end. I find it really soothing. So you understand it? Do you know the rules? I know the basic rules. <laughs> uh, I don't always understand the strategy that's being employed, and I wish that they would uh, – the commentators would share a little bit more about that. Like I've seen some that are uh, throwing the rock way out wide. Like I don't really understand why when they're not trying to hit anything. Here's what I would do. Simple strategy. I would throw mine to the button and then I would look for you to throw yours to knock mine off the button. And then I would throw mine to knock yours off the button. And then we go back and forth, back and forth. Then the person with the last stone, if they were successful, would score one point. And then it would be one nothing me. Then if you had the last stone in the next turn, it would be 1-1. One, one. And then we would go back and forth, and somebody would win by one every time for going last. So I think we need to do next week's podcast live from the Ford Eye Center. Yeah, that's that's a good Taking idea. Taking curling lessons. I'm in. I like the, the sounds. We could hear the people <laughs> screaming at the sweepers and the stones knocking into each other. It'd be good ambient sound. I like it. I like the dangerous stuff, too. Like uh, we're talking on Tuesday. So tonight I'll see Lindsey Vaughn on the downhill and uh, I'm a big fan and I just love the danger of the downhill. Uh, Yeah. And she had a great post today. She tweeted out and posted on Instagram that she doesn't know how she's going to perform, but she knows she's going to give it her all and that it's probably going to be her last race. I I knew you would find that motivational. She's just great. Easily motivated (laughs) and swayed by like those upbeat words. Hey, it's her comeback. Yeah, whatever she needs to tell herself. Go down the hill fast. I'd like to see uh, metal. I, I'm hoping for the gold. I'm a big fan of hers as well. But um, you know, if she said, yeah, I, I could do without the sappy motivational stuff. But whatever makes it work for her, I'm good. All right. Well, moving on to stuff that you do know a lot about. There you go. So uh, Tuesday, news came out that the Titans extended Ryan Suckup. You ranked the pending free agents, and he was number one. How come? Well, I mean, he's obviously very valuable and he's been very good for them. But also the reason a kicker would be atop the list is because um, the list isn't very good, you know, and the Titans uh, on on the one hand haven't let anybody uh, get close to free agency that was going to be a problem for them to lose. Uh, But on the other hand, you know, if you drafted better, this draft class would be, there'd be more of a threat to losing somebody. You know, who are the two draft picks here at risk? Daquan Jones and Avery Williamson. Uh, the Titans survive without either of those guys or Josh Klein, Eric Walden, Eric Decker. I would think Bryce McCain definitely done. Harry Douglas definitely done. Brian Schwenke 
uh, and Brandon Whedon, not, not that important in the big frame of things, though I, I'm a big Brian Schwenke fan. But um, this, it's been, you know, if I'm remembering correctly, some time since there was a, a notable free agent uh, getting to getting to market time. So, and now Daquan Jones, who I would rank as the next most important, was number two on my list. He's coming back off a, a torn bicep, if I'm remembering correctly, and uh, he wasn't playing very well. Then he got on a tear. Then he tore the biceps. Um, he'll probably be cheaper to bring back or have less of a market because he's coming off of the injury. So uh, we'll see. I think he's a good player that you'd like to have. Uh, but he, like everybody else on this list, is also a replaceable part. And one thing about Suckup, um, he he may miss Mike Malarkey. I, I would think that his job is going to get easier because I think this offense will get better. And I think if the offense gets better, you're you're attempting fewer long field goals. And uh, more extra points, and I'm I'm sure he would be uh, perfectly content with that. ESPN just came across to me uh, is reporting that it's a five-year, twenty million dollar deal. So uh, they should be set at kicker for some time. And and uh, Brett Kern, an excellent punter, Bo Brinkley, an excellent holder. They have. Um, you know, some stability with their, with their three specialists right now, which is not a small thing when you look at a team like the Los Angeles Chargers that missed the playoffs mostly because it, it, it could not find a kicker. Right. Well, you wrote, you wrote this week about the 20th anniversary of Yancey Thigpen's big contract. Yeah, with the look how young you are. You don't even know how well, to. That's what, okay. So that's what I was going to say. I was two years old when he signed that big contract. So am I dating myself to say that I Absolutely. don't know much yeah. about that? You also sound very French when you say Yancey. Yancey. Well, usually, uh, I should have I given you a clue usually, that it rhymed with Nancy because that's what everybody nicknamed him when he was soft, uh, perceived to be soft because he was always hurt. Yeah, this was big, Madison. So they, in 1998, as the Tennessee Oilers, uh, as is has constantly been the problem, had problems at wide receiver, and they went out and signed Thigpen from Pittsburgh. He was the um, best available wide receiver. He the previous year had more catches, more yards, and the same amount of touchdowns as the Titans' two top receivers combined, Willie Davis and Chris Sanders. So they went out swinging, and they gave him a, a big contract, this like twenty five million dollars at that stage, and. He was constantly hurt and really didn't do anything um, in three years. He missed the Super Bowl because he uh, had uh, an injury, suffered in the, in the AFC Championship game. And he's become, become kind of symbolic. He's still on a lot of lists about the biggest busts in free agency. Uh, I'm a little bit sympathetic in that, you know, they had the money and the resources and they lured – the best guy and everybody wanted them to go get the best guy. Then he busted. So, I mean, there's an inherent risk when you go out and get the best guy. And when people clamor uh, for the Titans to do that coming up in a couple of weeks, three weeks, uh, you know, Yancey Thigpen is one of the, one of the names that gets thrown back at them in terms of, uh, you know, it doesn't always go as, as well as you think. And David Givens was another big wide receiver that they signed, um, several, several years later, 2006 maybe, and uh, he blew out his knee and he played something like four or six games for them ever. 
Uh, and those were their two biggest cracks at free agent wide receivers. They've only really had two that rank ex- successes. Uh, Nate Washington, who signed a six-year contract. Nobody ever plays out a six-year contract as a free agent, and he did. And Rashard Matthews, who is going into his third year of a three-year deal uh, and has been a pretty productive receiver for the Titans, though he totally uh, faded the end of this season after he hurt his uh, hamstring. But they prefer to build it through the draft, and they need somebody like Corey Davis and someone like Taewon Taylor uh, to take off in this new offense and to make wide receiver less of a problem area. They're going to play more three wide than they have. Uh, Tajay Sharp will be back as well. So they need those guys to, to get good. And there, there aren't usually very good free agents on the market. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey was an exception last year, and obviously the Eagles benefited from, from taking a risk. They signed him to a one-year deal, and then they signed him during the season to an extension because it was going so well. Well, I got to ask you if you know any more information about the new uniforms that are underway. We talked about it a few weeks ago, but is there any chance that these uniforms might be red? No, no. And there was this report that that a lot of Titans fans have given a great deal of play that they're not going to be red, as if this was some big revelation. I don't know where the idea that they were going to come out red uh, came from. The thing is that years and years ago, uh, the, the Titans put out like uh, a, a red jersey. They put it on sale. And so everybody then thought it was like the unused Titans jersey, but it was never one of their official uniforms with the league. It was just like a, a knockoff. Like, you know, you can buy a Yankee hat in any color, but the Yankees wear navy blue hats with white letters. So uh, nobody sees a red Yankee hat and goes, oh, my God, the Yankees are changing their hats to red. But somehow people got fascinated with there are There are red highlights, obviously, in the logo. And so people, uh, you know, saw that and, uh, and, and they get carried away with it. But um, here's, here's what Amy Adams Strunk told me, you know, way back. And, and I've talked to her twice about the uniforms in in the preseason, um, both two summers ago and and then last summer. Of course, I don't have the article in front of me. But there was no reason to ever expect this transformation to be so dramatic that it changed something like the team's colors. Finley now excited that his mom had just gotten home. So if you're gonna say, that's your dog, not mine. My dog is in the dog house over here because it continues to fight with skunks, and we're all suffering the consequences of that, which is a horror story. <laughs> so uh, here's how it goes with the uniform things, though. Like Kronos, your favorite guy out there, you're probably buddies with the big Titan man, the muscled guy. He's got he wears a cape, right? <laughs> and on the back of his on the oh, back of his cape guy. is the is the circular logo without the flame on it, and it's got a circle around it that's like a border of uh, a Greek – you'd see on an ancient Greek vase. Um, you know, a cool border. It would be cool if they incorporated that. Maybe, you know, maybe they will. But people see that and they're like, oh, this must be a preview of the new logo. Or the logo that they put on the floor of the weight room when they redid the weight room last year <clears throat> has the flame tack logo – but with more light blue and less navy blue. And people are like, oh, they're definitely giving us a hint there. 
I mean, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. The jumping to conclusions stuff is crazy. But here's what Amy Adams strung. This is an excerpt from what I wrote on August 1st, 2017, quoting Amy. It's not minor. It's not a total color change or anything like that. I think everybody's going to be very pleased with where it went. Like with a lot of changes around here, we would do a change. We will roll it out before the season. They'll get to see it. I'm not sure for what yet or when it's going to be so fun. We now know that that's going to be before the draft coming up. It's going to be totally updated, she said. I think the fans are going to be excited. I'm not seeing other teams have anything close to what we will have. Then I asked her about, you know, well, people aren't going to want to buy jerseys now, knowing they're going to be obsolete soon. And she said, we're not going to be orange or anything like that. Now, you know what's close to orange, Madison? Red. Red. She said that the the two-toned blue that you would be buying right now won't feel out of place in a year. So how do we then jump to red and then we throw a parade for somebody that comes out and reports it's not going to be red? I mean, here's a new report, Madison. I'm going to shell this out. You asked me if I had anything new. They're not going to be plaid. They're not going to be plaid, these uniforms. (laughs) Now, we'll see if that takes off on the Internet. There's a a new scoop for everyone. I mean, we're applying some common sense logic here. There's no reason to expect something crazy. She also talked about, um, you know, the ceiling of the new locker room, which was redone less than two years ago, has a gigantic flaming thumbtack logo on it, as people call the main logo. You know, so she joked that, that they wouldn't be getting rid of that entirely after that. She said, you know, I, I talked about how some people preferred the sword logo. And she said, well, we're not going to change the sword on the ceiling. We're not going to change to the sword on the ceiling. So I think the changes will be uh, dr- dramatic, but I don't think you're going to see them wearing something that's completely unrecognizable. I think it'll be a moderned up version. That said, I don't know. And. You know who else doesn't know? A lot of the people who are claiming to know. Because I guarantee you the people that have seen this is a small circle of people in the building, starting with Amy and Kenneth Adams. And, uh, you know, John Robinson said he may or may not have seen it, and it may or may not be awesome. Uh, I, I would imagine Vrabel's got a peak by now and Steve Underwood. I, I would think those five people have seen it. And uh, Not even the players. Oh, no, definitely not. Not the even players, the players. players can keep their mouth shut. They, they, they are uh, suckered into talking by people like me constantly. And, um, you know, some people at Nike have seen it because Nike has designed them. But if you think that the person at Nike that's designed them is on Reddit talking to Titans fans, I, I think the person that designed them would be promptly getting fired. So I, I understand people are impatient, but you've got to right. relax and, uh, when she says they're not going to be a dramatic departure color-wise, I think you should probably take her at her word. Well, it'll be exciting to see. I know the fans are ready. Well, let's talk X's and O's now. As the Titans try to move to a more run-game zone type scheme, how big of a transition will that be for the yeah, line? Not and as maybe big even for as Derek a lot of people think. Um the uh, the Titans, you know, so people tend to think of the extreme, right? And the extreme and zone blocking uh, run games was Denver back in the Mike Shanahan era where they had little linemen who cut blocked uh, defensive linemen. Well, the defensive linemen got better at handling that. 
and they also got bigger uh, and they would beat those people into the ground. We talked to Kevin Carter about this a little bit, the former Titans uh, defensive end uh, on the midday 180, Hutton and I this week. So you can still, you don't have to have super, super athletic offensive line and it helps to have some and Taylor Lewan will certainly fit into this. Uh, I think Josh Klein, if he's re-signed, has the mobility to fit into this. You want to move people sideways a lot and then, you know, let the running back kind of make decisions about where the crease is or where the cutback is. It's more a running back training thing almost than it is an offensive line training thing in some ways. Both um, Kevin Carter and Kevin Mawai, who was a great pulling center, maybe the greatest pulling center we've ever seen, um, talked about the fact that the Titans did this very thing with people like Zach Piller and Benji Olsen and uh, uh, David Stewart, all big, uh, I think you could fairly say, lumbering offensive linemen uh, with a running back like Chris Johnson. Um, so, And, you know, a lot of questions about whether Derrick Henry can do this. Both Kevins, Mawai and Carter, said this is exactly what he did uh, at at Alabama. So it seems like it's not going to be nearly as big a transition as many would have us believe. Obviously, they're going to have to practice it, install it, uh, work it over and over and over again. Um, and they're not going to be strictly um, a zone team, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll kind of uh, play off of it sometimes to, to surprise people when, when they run gap stuff and man stuff. But it's, it's, um, it's not like they need to start rebuilding that line all over. Now they've got guard issues, but that was based on guys not playing well enough. Um, so I, I, you know, I was concerned about it to some degree, not as much as some people after having these conversations, uh, I'm less so. Uh, and I, I don't think it's going to be a terrible thing. It really sets up the play action also, which is what the Titans want to, uh, want, want to do. They want run plays and pass plays, um, to look the same and they can do so out of these zone runs, um, more easily than out of anything else. Hold on, I got, I got well, one that's more. That's going to do it for part one. I got one, one more. I wanted to hit here uh, on more. the front side you of got, this. Um, you want to save it? I don't want to save it. No, I'll save you don't it. When save we come it? back, including the list that Madison's going to give us, I'm going to tell you why mock drafters keep giving the Titans a tight end at number 25. All right, so now that's going to end part one. We're going to move to part two where we – Move on to the really good stuff, which is for members only. It's one of the many benefits of the PaulKaharski.com membership, which is just $5.99 a month. That's just the price of a good coffee or beer. But good news, you can get 12 months for the price of 11 also, if you sign uh, up for If you year. like this podcast and want to be connected to this podcast, uh, I've been talking to two different entities about sponsoring this podcast. So if you want to break their hearts and barge in, uh, reach out to me, pkuharski at gmail.com, and we could talk some bid- business, some business. 
Um, we, uh, we've been getting good numbers here. Obviously, a lot of people are listening. A lot of people are interested. We're heading into free agency and draft season. Uh, if, if you think we'd be a good connection, I, I would welcome the chance to talk with you about it. So reach out. So on the other side, PK's look at potential Mike Vrabel's free agency connections, PK's memories of the Titans' disastrous half year with Randy Moss on the roster, and a few things going on in the world where people didn't ask for his advice, but he's going to offer it anyways. We'll see you guys in a bit. The Paul Kuharski Podcast is a joint production of paulkuharski.com and Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W.com.